Welcome to the Healthy You Podcast. My name is Dawn Funk, and each week, along with special guests, we are going to help you take ownership of your health by equipping you with wellness wisdom. Be sure to check out my website at dawnfunk.com for additional resources. All right, let's get started, friends. Welcome, everybody, to the Healthy You Podcast. My name is Dawn Funk, and as always, I am so grateful that you are here today listening to this awesome show. And today, is going to be epic because I'm telling you what, I was telling our guests before the show that this topic I think is one of the most needed topics right now in our world. And uh, I just know it's going to be high value. And so if you're not driving, I hope you have a journal so that you can take some great notes. If you are driving, that's okay. You can catch, uh, listen to this a second time. But I know that our guest, Carlene, she's got some great things that she's going to share at the end um, that are things that you're going to really want to have access to. So make sure that you listen all the way through. And uh, speaking of our guest, I want to go ahead and dive right in to our guest today, who's coming to us from Canada, which I think is super cool. Uh, So we've got Carlene Hicks, um, who's going to be talking to us today about beating burnout. And I don't know about you guys, but this is a topic definitely that I need to hear and learn about, um, because I definitely have gone through seasons of some intense burnout. And so I think it's important, you know, to have that self-care and that awareness um, so that we can live our best life. But before I turn it over to Carlene, I want to read her bio because I think it's super impressive. I read this and I was like, wow, this chick has got some great experience and uh, you guys are in for a real treat today. So here we go. Carlene is a successful executive and leadership coach who quickly builds rapport with her clients, allowing them to explore areas of strength and vulnerability in their working life. Her approach has helped hundreds of professionals, emerging leaders and executives to build a work life that they love. And if you're on the YouTube, you got to check out her awesome painting behind her because I love it. Um, She brings over 20 years of experience working with businesses and leadership teams in the private and not-for-profit sectors. She holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Manitoba and is a certified integral, I can't say the word, integral, there you go, former English professor, integral master coach. So guys, again, Carlene has a lot of experience And uh, I'm excited to learn from her. But before we dive in, I want you guys to get to know Carlene on a personal level. And so Carlene, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit more about you. And then we'll start diving in with these awesome questions. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate being here and I'm so appreciative of everyone who's listening. Yeah. In addition to all the things that you just listed off, I'm also a mom. Uh, I'm also a dog mom, so we've got a big massive retriever who pretty much runs the house. (laughs) Uh, I've got a son, I've been, um, you know, married, we live in Ottawa, Ontario, which is the capital of Canada, and we are currently enjoying a really amazing summer, and very much looking forward to a normal-ish summer now that we're coming out of the pandemic, so that's that's where I'm at. And I'm hoping everyone else there too is also looking forward to a more normal way of being now that the (laughs) pandemic is receding and hopefully going away. 
Yes. Well, and I already love that you use the word ish on the end of some of your words. So I'm a big ish person too. In fact, when you come to my house down here in Florida on the front door, I have a sign and it says, welcome ish. And so it's kind of like, depending on who you are. No, but, uh, but that's so cool. I love that, Carlene. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know her and I were talking about how our dogs run our houses. And I was sharing with her about my crazy uh, crew here of two rescue puppies and two little dogs. So I love dogs too. So I think that's awesome. All right. So we're going to talk about burnout today. Again, a hot topic, no pun intended. Uh, but, you know, just again, one that I think is either going to, I think at any point in our lives, probably people deal with this. And so whether you're listening right now and maybe you're, you're feeling like you're in a good season, just know that this might be something that down the road might be something that might impact you. So if you wouldn't mind first, Carlene, just telling our guests, what is burnout? Let's define it. Um, and let's talk about even what it is. Absolutely. Like burnout, I mean, it's different, right? We use that phrase so often. I mean, uh, even for myself, before I came into this work, you know, you talk to your friends and, oh, I'm so burnt out this week. Mm -hmm. So we use this phrase in a lot of different ways. But when we're talking about it with respect to uh, health impact, it has a very defined container of what kind of goes in it. And the World Health Organization has defined burnout as an occupational hazard. Okay, but you know what, it can be more than just work that's feeding into this, it can also be personal circumstances and then when you add personal stress and personal heartache or different competing things that are going on in your personal life and work. Then sometimes you get to a point where your health is impacted mm -hmm. and there's five really core sort of signals that happen with respect to burnout. And one of them is, is, is exhaustion. I think a lot of people are probably familiar with that, feeling really fatigued, not being able to recharge, not being able to get your mojo back, <laughs> beginning to wonder. Um, and that's certainly one of them. It can be not just a physical exhaustion, but it can also be an emotional exhaustion, um, which you know can create some emotional reactivity, which you don't intend, right? I mean, life happens, we're not expected to be perfect, or at least I don't expect anyone to be perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. We're perfectly imperfect. That's the yes. human being. That's the way we are. Uh, but it's that, you know, thing that happens that you didn't intend when you're being overly sharp with a colleague at work, or you end up feeling like you're about to cry, or you actually do cry at work, and that's not your game. That's not what you want to do. That's not how you usually are when we're being really short with our family and our loved ones because things have gotten so pressured so it's this this almost a spilling over of emotion that we didn't see coming and didn't want to have happen that's not the way we roll but it's happening and like my goodness what's going on and mm -hmm. um, there's another piece of it too when we're in burnout that can be something that is called cognitive impairment and basically it's about memory right N not remembering to do the things that you would normally remember to do uh so you know it's not so devastating that you're forgetting to pick the kids up from daycare <laughs> but uh you know leaving keys in the door uh sometimes not paying attention when you're driving um one of the people i've had the privilege of working with came into coaching because she said i didn't really think i was burnt out burnt out until i blew a red light without even realizing the light was wow. red. and Gosh. she said you know i was really lucky nothing happened but she says you know there's a lot of honking and it totally snapped me back to reality so it's yeah. things like that that can happen 
And then the other one that tends to be connected with it is uh, with burnout is apathy, right? So if you go to your doctor's office, one of the things they'll ask you if you say you're, you're concerned that your risk of burnout is, oh, are you feeling apathetic towards your work? Mm-hmm. And I find that this one's kind of a double-edged sword because for people who are all in with what they're doing professionally, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah, there we go. Me too, I'm hand all, raised up. I'm all or nothing. Yeah, that's me. Hand up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's really around, you know, when you care so deeply about it, you're not going to let any balls drop. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of has two extremes. I think there's the one where it's you keep pushing yourself to move past your physical and mental exhaustion, mm-hmm. to keep going, to make sure you're not impacting anyone else. So if you're leading, you're going to make sure that your team doesn't get killed with all the work and the pressure and the deadlines. Gosh. You're going to pick up that slack. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. I think that if there's definitely a break in trust between yourself and your employer or yourself and your manager, then apathy can absolutely set in. And it kind of shows up as presenteeism. You're doing all the right things. You, you know, you're not there to make sure that somebody else ends up getting harmed because you're not doing your job, but your heart's not in it. So I think those are two kind of examples of sort of what happens with burnout, where you push past and you keep going beyond all reasonable expectation, uh, or you kind of have to let go because it just, it, it's not working for you. It hurts too much to care sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. all of those things can have huge health impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we're talking about, you know, stress levels. So things like heart disease, uh, blood pressure, uh, eating you either stop eating, don't eat enough, or you may overeat or emotionally eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may or may not be able to do the self-care. Um, that's something that a lot of people talk about with burnout is, you know, well, the self-care. Self-care is terribly important, but I also know that a lot of my clients do regular self-care and it's not always enough. Mm, that's so good. Well, and as you were sharing, gosh, you took me back to like a story from my past when I remember I was teaching full-time, working on my second master's degree, and all four of my kids were in daycare. And like, I was just burning the candle at both ends. I remember my mom even saying like, Dawn, you got to slow down. Like you're, you know, doing too much. I was working full-time as a teacher. And literally this one day I loaded up my kids in the car and started to drive to daycare. And I realized I didn't even have one of my kids with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I left a kid at home. How in the heck did I leave a kid at home? And I mean, it was this absolute panic, like worst fear ever. I mean, luckily I was like not even a mile away. And it was, I believe it was my oldest kid. So he was like maybe four or five, but you know, I drove back and it was just like this sheer panic of like, how could I forget a kid? Like, you know what I mean? And, but to your point, Like I was so burnt out on trying to juggle all of these things, not getting sleep, you know, all those things that, you know, that happened. And it really was a wake up call. Like I've got to slow down a little bit. And, uh, you know, because that really scared the crap out of me. So, um, so I'm sure again, you know, like, like, I mean, I just think people go in and out of kind of these seasons. And, you know, for me, it's uh, kind of crazy because my birthday is coming up in a couple of days. Yeah, my 28th birthday, joking. Uh, but no, but I'm having my birthday this weekend and it takes me back to my 50th birthday last year. And I was in massive burnout and I literally spent my 50th birthday sleeping in a recliner most of the day because I was so exhausted. And it was 
physical exhaustion, but coupled with mental exhaustion. And it's because we decided we were going to move. We had moved out. We were displaced um, and transitioned to moving to Florida, you know, just lots of different balls in motion. And literally like my body and my, my brain were just like shutting down. And, uh, you know, and it was just, you know, again, a wake up call that I've got to slow down and I have to take care of myself and really manage the stress. And so like, I'm just curious before we kind of jump into the next question, like what are some maybe triggers of, and I know stress is one of them. Um, and just the clients that you've worked with, what are maybe some triggers that, that might trigger burnout just so that people can kind of be aware of that um, to maybe minimize, you know, some of those seasons of burnout. And I love the phrase seasons. That makes a lot of sense because we do kind of flirt with it. If, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we flirt with it, right? When you've got, you know, responsibilities, um, people you love, a profession you love, a work that you absolutely love, uh, or even if you're still on the path to figuring out what that profession and what that work looks like, maybe you are still in school, maybe you're juggling school and work. It's comes to these points where things get really busy with burnout eats those seasons come back quicker right and either because of different pieces yeah. so some of the triggers you know I think stress absolutely is one of them but I want to tweak the language just a titch because yeah. in my my experience as professionals we sign up for stress as parents we sign up for stress right we'll take it on right competing deadlines getting kids out the door with all the shoes on and hats and sunscreen in the summertime and making sure you're doing all the things that's what we sign up for and for the most part that works really well but what doesn't go well is frustration mm. and so frustration is sort of the other unwelcome side of the coin to stress which is when we're getting stressed and we're seeing for ourselves that this is either unfair or unreasonable and we're wondering, okay, that didn't need to happen. Like, why did the car decide to make the funny noise today of all days? And it just adds on to the burden. And so when we're already carrying a lot, that doesn't leave us a lot of room, you know, capacity, whatever word you want to use for it, for the other incidental things that are going to happen in the day. The dog runs out the door and gets lost and you got to figure out how you're going to find find your puppy the fridge stops working um you know one of the kids needs to be picked up from school those types of things then when you're already completely full and pressurized mm. can tip you on in that particular day into feeling like okay i've i don't have control i'm feeling like i can't do this anymore but i know how i want to be and I'm so far away from being that person right now. And that's not who I want to be any longer. So in many cases, you're just really feeling it in terms of a crisis of confidence, which it can absolutely affect, or it spills out, as I mentioned earlier, and you're, you know, not necessarily handling pressure, you're not coping, or you don't have any coping mechanisms left, you've spent them all. And yeah, they're not working. Yeah, no, that's so good. And uh, I think too, just as I've gotten older, like I think just being more in tune with being reflective about it and like taking inventory. Like when I was younger, I didn't even think, like I just went, 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 you know what I mean? And and I I remember those moments of just frustration and just not even trying to think like, what can I do to like calm down or, you know, remedy this situation and get to the person that I want to behave. Cause now, 
you know, I, I catch myself like it's funny. So I didn't even share this, Carlene. So I told you that I'm in the wellness industry, but I also am getting ready to open up a bakery, a cookie, well, not bakery, a cookie store down here by the beach. And so it's interesting and there's a whole like story with it, but like, I find myself, like I've been making a lot of cookies this week uh, for different orders. And it's like, I have even found myself because, you know, I had friends, I think I told you that stayed a little bit longer. So that kind of cut into my cookie time. And, and so I had to stay up later a couple nights ago to like two or three in the morning, which I never do that, but I had to, to get these cookies done. And it's like you said, it's like my bucket's a little fuller, right? With just the demands. And then while I've been decorating, like if the icing's lumpy or whatever, like I found myself when I normally enjoy it, I've been really like getting frustrated. And, and it's like, I've had to stop myself and go, okay, stop. Like, you know, you obviously you've, you're working on less sleep. You know, you have a bigger deadline yet people stay later. So like have some grace about this, you know, remember, remind yourself that you get to make cookies. This is something that you love doing. Like I'm, I'm finding myself having this like self talk moment where I'm trying to intentionally like pivot my perspective. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure you're going to talk about that. I'm getting ahead of us here, but anyways, but um, I just think that, yeah, it's just definitely something that I know I'm more aware of. So, um, okay, cool. So we've talked about what is burnout and, uh, you know, some of the, the triggers and, and I know you've already kind of dabbled with this a little bit, but you know, how does it affect our home life and our work life? Um, you know, what, how, what are the implications of burnout in those two areas specifically? You could see them in the news. So that's one place to look. We've seen an increase in, um, in airlines in particular uh, over the past five years. So not just with respect to the pandemic, where people are getting angrier and angrier on flights. And they've even had to come up now with policies and, and even air marshals to support taking people who have passed that threshold, right? They maybe tried or blew all of those coping mechanisms where they told themselves, you know, I get to do this or, you know, give myself the grace or let's reset and center and get back to being the person I want to be. And then just, you know, something else happened and that was it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing um, people who are not, the volunteerism numbers are dropping. And that wasn't just a pandemic thing. This is a trend that was happening before then throughout North America. So I'm, I'm speaking to, as you said earlier, from Canada, we're seeing the number of people who are, are giving their, their time to the causes that make a difference to them is, is reduced as well, because it's just that one more thing yeah. that either has to get dropped if they were doing it regularly before. Um, so we're seeing this impact in society wow. and, and that's not great. And of course at work, it means that things get really pressurized. We can get something called hyper-focus or bosses or organizations can get hyper-focused mm -hmm. where it's like, no, we're going for this result. Mm -hmm. And at some point we forget that along the way to that result, there are real feelings and real people and real careers mm -hmm. and real, you know, things that can get impacted. And so while it might not be doing harm necessarily, right? So we're not talking about shortcuts. They're going to create like a disaster. Right. But just the fact that there's going to be shortness and, you know, I don't care what you think. And I don't care about that idea. Like, just get it done. Yeah. You know, and that, that has an impact to the way people trust each other, how we are in community when we're at work, whether or not we feel comfortable 
poking at somebody's idea or asking why, or just, you know, wondering if there's a different way to do something. And that creates issues with creativity. Innovation doesn't happen as often. And it really damages psychological safety in our workspaces. Yeah. And then of course, at home, less time for the kids, mm-hmm. um, less time for our loved ones. Uh, we may find ourselves falling into habits to soothe ourselves that aren't good for us, but also not great for our family and loved ones either. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, one of the things when I'm finding myself, you know, getting close to burnout, and this has happened a couple of times in my career as well, I go to bed earlier and earlier. Mm. And all of that was fine before I had my beautiful son, who's now 15 and like a foot and a half <laughs> taller than I am. <laughs> But it didn't work after the baby or the babies and you came, right? right? You don't have that option to just say, okay, seven o'clock, I'm kind of done with people. Yeah. I just need to go to bed now. But even going to bed earlier, it didn't make a difference because I was still just as tired when I got up the next morning and I was still dreading Mm. what it was I needed to face going in. And I didn't feel like I was prepared. Like I didn't think I had that threshold left where I could get to that grace where I could remember I had coping mechanisms that I could use and so it has an impact on our families and you know it can get worse right when we're talking about things like um actually you know getting to the point where maybe you have a shopping addiction or a gambling addiction drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. uh, of course can also be impacts as well that that have a very very uh, toxic effect both at work but also definitely at home Yeah, I I do have a small Amazon addiction. I'm not going to lie. So (laughs) we do have a lot of packages that show up here. Um, Oh my gosh. But well, and I think too, like, I think that's something that I try to be intentional about is that, you know, I want to be that light, like as much as possible. And, you know, I know that so many people have just these struggles going on in their lives. And the last thing I want to do is be that person that's going to be the tipping point or be the source of, you know, them having a bad day. So, um, you know, so I know that's one of my little coping mechanisms is like, suck it up, Dawn. Like there are people out there, you know, that would die to have your problems. I remember um, a great friend of mine, I won't get into the huge big story, but when I had switched schools, when I was a teacher, Um, the librarian in our building had lost her daughter to breast cancer um, years ago. And her daughter lost a baby. She was pregnant during that process and then ended up losing her life uh, just a few days before her 32nd birthday, I believe. And um, her mom, who was the librarian in my school, she would always send out these emails. And at the, she had a a quote from her daughter. Her daughter's nickname was Fort. And uh, the quote was, there's someone out there that would die to have your problems. And it has always stuck with me that, you know what, like my problems are insignificant really. And, you know, compared to other people's and the burdens that they carry. And so uh, I don't know, that's just something that's one of my little self-coping mechanisms. When I find myself wanting to have a pity party or this is the worst day ever. I'm like, you know what? Like, hey, at least I'm alive and there are other people that have much worse problems than me and I just need to be grateful. So um, but anyways, that just made me think of that. And I had to laugh, Carlene, when you talked about on flights, how there's a lot more stress. So this is crazy, hilarious. Just yesterday, I posted on social media because two, my two youngest children flew up to Ohio to visit their friends. And literally they started sending text messages, how they got in a fight on the plane before it was taking off, like actually hitting each other, like 
my daughter broke my son's glasses. And all I could think of is please don't let him get kicked off this flight. Like, I think they were so stressed and nervous to fly to your point. Like they were in this heightened kind of state. And then all of a sudden now, you know, they just had shorter fuses with each other. And I can't even imagine what must've been going on in that plane. And pretty, uh, yeah, I can't imagine. So anyways, but that just made me think of that story when you shared that, but, um, so, okay. So, you know, so now, you know, we've established all of this and this is something very real that a lot of people deal with and come in and out of season. So, you know, this is the, the really meat and potato part that I'm excited for you to expand on, but, you know, what are some strategies and tips and things that people can do when they are finding themselves in this burnout season that we've been talking about? Like, how can you help equip them with some, some real tools and strategies to help them get through that, uh, that's that little season that they're in? There's so many, um, <laughs> I'm just here sifting through them. But I think the first piece is really examine the self-talk. What are you telling yourself, right? Because we don't ask to burn out. We don't typically want to overextend ourselves. Usually when we get you know, tasked with a big project or maybe something in our community demands our attention and, or you know, we're starting a new business, we're making cookies because cookies are fun and that's just a really great thing to be able to do. And we tell ourselves it's just for now. It's just for today. And sometimes that's in fact the case, you know, it is just a short blip, like in your case, you know, you had company that stayed a little longer that created that circumstance, but sometimes it goes on even further, especially when you're in a corporate environment and like, or a nonprofit environment. And, you know, you're getting really excited about what it is that organization is doing. You're getting really excited about what you and your team are doing and you say yes to some things. So the first piece about it is really to take a look at some of the, the ways it hides in plain sight. And the first way it really hides in plain sight is we tell ourselves this is just for now. But look back, how long have you been at this heightened level of do, 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 do? Um, there's an expression, it's not mine, and I'm sorry, I don't know who to attribute it to, but you're a human being, not a human doing. And that first piece is, you know, what's the self-talk going through your head? Because eventually it goes down to like, oh my goodness, I'm not doing a great job. Uh, I'm not being my best mom. I'm not being the best partner I can be. I'm not being the best employee I can be. It must be my fault. And so that's sort of the second place we go with it is we blame ourselves. Well, that's not very helpful. So I think some of the first tips would be to really take a look at this and step back a moment. Um, I like to use a breathing technique for that step back. Uh, it's a breathing technique you can use to help reduce your anxiety and it helps you both mentally reset, but also physically reset. Uh, it's four, four, eight breathing. So you inhale for four counts, you hold for four counts and you exhale for eight counts. And you do that three times in a row and it never fails to make my shoulders climb down from my ears <laughs> and help my whole body to go, oh yeah, that feels better. <laughs> and take a look at, okay, what's going on here? Is what I'm asking myself to do reasonable? Or sometimes it's are what other people are asking me to do reasonable. Because we only have so much, so much time. We only have so many hours in the day. We only have so many productive hours in the day. I mean, if we look at it through the lens of behavioral science, it's about 30 hours a week. But that 30 hours isn't just the hours we give ourselves at work. That's all the productive hours. So that might include, depending on where your life is at, 
getting the kids from daycare, making sure they're packed properly for a trip, yeah. cooking, <laughs> groceries, getting the car to the mechanics when we need to. It's all of those things that fits into the 30 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you can see how it wouldn't be too hard to push yourself well beyond that and still be asking yourself to be productive. Mm-hmm. And it's making sure you're aware of, you know, how many hours am I on? And how am I doing when I come to bed at night? Like, that's the other thing that often gets impacted, which can create uh, chronic fatigue, although chronic fatigue can hit you even without a sleep impact. But being able to fall asleep, being able to stay asleep. Mm-hmm. So it's that reflection. What's going on? Like, what's really going on? And just, you know, getting real. So I call it getting a cup of coffee with yourself where you do the deep breathing and you've got a cup of coffee and you just sit down with yourself and say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. allowing yourself to really touch it and to explore it and this should be a no shame zone yes there's no judgment here yeah. you're right your life got this way for a reason and usually it's because you care so much about the people you love you care about what you do for a living and you're just trying to put yourself out there uh, so no shame but really do examine whether or not it's working for you and so some of the other pieces are, yes, make sure you have self-care, but self-care alone isn't going to save you. As I mentioned earlier, I have a lot of clients that I've worked with that had great self-care routines that include meditation and yoga and eating well. Um, I've worked with somebody who was, she called herself a chronic runner because she ran at least about two to five miles a day, <laughs> you know, six days a week. She it was her happy place. She loved doing that. But that is another sign of burnout when your self-care is not working anymore right when those things you do do to really care for yourself aren't working they're not recharging you they're not resetting you they're not allowing you to feel refreshed then you know okay something else is at play and it's you know sitting down with that coffee with yourself and really examining what's going on the other piece is to let yourself feel emotionally about what's going on so if you can name it if you're feeling like there's a colleague or your boss at work is taking advantage of you and just you know, throwing work on your desk and that's what's creating long hours of work or pressure or they've been unreasonable with expectations. It is okay to name that. And a lot of people don't like doing that because they're afraid that, okay, once I've named it, I'm going to live in that emotion and it's going to stay in me and I'm going to feel this yucky feeling for the rest of all time. But what's important with emotions is that they are like weather. They move, they change constantly. Yes. And naming an emotion that's around a circumstance that's creating burnout for you is really important because it can help you get in touch with what you need to do next. Mm. And that could be, um, you know, saying no to future projects. That could be having a conversation to rebalance the current project. It could be saying, you know, what, this has got to happen at work. And I know a lot of leaders feel this way because they don't want to delegate any more to their teams because their teams are also just as busy. Yeah. Maybe it means having a conversation at home to say, you know what, the next three weeks are bananas. Mm-hmm. We just need to figure out how we're going to get through this. What are some things we can do at home that are going to make this easier so that I can work longer hours and not impact everybody else? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just communication. I mean, that's huge. That's key. So, no, that's really, really good. Um, gosh. And I, again, I just think of so many people, uh, you know, the, the ways of our world, I mean, I just feel like people have more and more demands than ever, you know what I mean? As companies are looking to cut costs and, you know, even when I was a teacher, like 
you know, my classroom size was getting bigger and bigger each year, you know, and I'd have more students that I was responsible for. So, you know, I thought you said something really interesting. Um, well, I love the human being versus human doing. I think that's such a great perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm curious too. So I know you said that like self-care maybe is not always enough. And so I think you raised a really important point that, you know, you can do all the things, but if you're still experiencing that, and maybe even the self-care could be contributing to the burnout. Like when you were talking about the lady that was running, you know, all the time, heck, that could have been even contributed. She was overrunning, right? That could be contributing to her exhaustion. Um, so I'm just curious when you're coaching your clients and they are doing the self-care things and they're finding themselves like they're not getting more energy, they're not getting out of their funk, no, no pun intended there, but like, what are some things that you suggest? Like, okay, this, this, res this reflective time, like, do you have them try new self-care things? Like, what do you, what's that conversation look like? Like with the lady who was running all the time, like, what do you suggest to them to do instead? The first part is really figuring out, yeah, is this still working for you? I love that. That's, yeah. that's the first place, right? Or is you, or are you doing it on habit, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or even sometimes out of desperation, Yeah, yeah. right? So I love to go for long walks in the woods, but I know my go-to stress buster is eating mm. and you know, I'm not that picky. So it's whatever's in the fridge, yeah. <laughs> leftover chicken, chips, popcorn, something sweet, whatever it might be. And I have a little note on my fridge just to remind me, you know, ask myself the question, you know, what's, what are you hoping to find in here today? Cause yeah, it usually isn't good. food, right? Yeah, it's, it's an good. answer. So working with my clients, it's figuring out how is that serving you? right mm -hmm. and and sometimes you know the first step is really to keep track right to say yeah. okay so how did the run feel before you started how did the run feel after you started you know how did you want the run to feel yeah. and if it's not working then it could be that they either have outgrown their their self-care routine because even those get stale and we do yeah. need to change up what we're doing and sometimes we get seasonal prompts to do that yeah right where we can switch sports if we love doing sports or or other things that we like to do gardening is an example um, here in the northern hemisphere we can only do that for a certain number of months right. in the year yeah. before the snow lands mm -hmm. but it's asking you know is it working and if it's not then really checking into understanding is there another way that that can that they can get the restoration that they're looking for and it doesn't mean that they have to give up running it could be that they run but for a shorter period of time and maybe do something else with the time they also then have that could serve like hot bath yes yeah. uh, bubble bath or you know read the kids a story if that they find really restorative if it's sort of that yeah. that time that they really love it's that but often it's a compilation of things it's never usually just one thing um when i'm working with clients especially when they are either like at the cusp of burnout and i often do have clients who come to me and go okay i had a conversation with my doctor they said i need to take eight weeks off there's no way what else <laughs> yeah. can we do yeah right <laughs> right I'm not just abandoning my team on a turn yeah, and not going in for eight weeks. That's just not possible. Right. Um, and of course there's other concerns too. Like how will my company view me afterwards? Because right. there's a stigma yeah. around mental health. You right. know? So there are a lot of things that go into it. And then of course, financially too, mm -hmm. some companies offer support for that kind of leave. Some don't. So financially that may not always be feasible either. So it's figuring out, you know, what else can I do? And it's a compilation of, okay, well, what have you, you know, what are you taking on? What's, where are all the pinch points yeah. and figuring out what's feasible to 
put healthy boundaries back in place sometimes uh, to maybe sit down and have difficult conversations with people at work mm -hmm. about, you know, what's happening and how, what the expectations are, how feasible those are. Can, talking again at home, right? I'm in a really tough spot right now. You know, could I lean into you guys a little harder for the next couple of weeks just to see me through? And yeah. it can be a wider community of care too, right? Yeah. Uh, I have uh, people who, who absolutely love their yoga family as an example. Mm -hmm. I have uh, one client yeah. who goes to a regular yoga class and she just loves that afterwards they usually go, they walk the neighborhood and yeah, talk and catch up. Um, mm -hmm come into your family of faith, right? So if you're yeah. somebody who's a person of faith, whatever that faith is for you, leaning into that to see how that goes, mm -hmm. to lead, you know, take some of the burden off. Uh, mm -hmm. You're never alone. And I think one of the things that burnout does to us is it makes us feel very isolated. Yes. Like we do have to keep doing this. We do have to carry it all. I mean, I was the one who said yes to all that stuff, right? I've got to be the one who delivers yeah. and yeah. doesn't let anything drop. And that's part of that hyper focus where we forget that no, it's oh, it's a strength to ask for help. Yeah. That's even so if you don't know what help you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And again, I know I've been in that where I feel like the burden is all mine. And uh, I think you're so right. Like just having that humbleness or whatever the word is to ask for help. Um, so that's so, so good. Gosh, you've given us so many great things today, Carlene. I'm just like sitting here going, oh, so many, so many great strategies. And, uh, you know, just one last question. And then I want to give you the opportunity to just share any, any last thoughts. But I'm just curious, like, how, how important do you think like a morning routine is? Like, I feel like for me, like, I don't know, burnout, I'm in a greater season of burnout when I get up and just go straight into working. Do you know what I mean? Versus if I get up, and actually maybe have some quiet time in the morning reading or reading the Bible, you know, whatever. Like I definitely notice that I'm much more um, less frustrated if I start my mornings calmer, if that makes sense. So I'm just curious, are there things that you encourage with your clients um, when it comes to starting their mornings right to help them when it comes to burnout? Or do you guys talk about that? I'm just curious what your perspective is with that. That's a great question. I think it depends for my clients. I, certainly the way we start our day can be the lens that then colors it for the rest of the day, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm the very first person who, if my alarm didn't go off and I'm late, if I'm not really careful, if I'm not managing myself, that is going to impact my whole day and everybody who lives with me. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. fair. Not right. Anybody. So it, it's a good question. And I do, you know, talk to them a little bit about what does, what would, your ideal day look like, right? If we were to repackage your day, wave a magic wand, <laughs> what would your ideal day look like? And, and you can you can vision board it, or you can just write it down on a piece of paper, or you can just think about it. Like, what ideally would you start? What would you be doing, you know, to nourish yourself first thing in the morning? You know, and some people aren't great at breakfast first thing in the morning, but like, is it water? Is it a cup of coffee? Is it, you know, is it meditation? Is it something else? Yeah. Um, when would you want to then engage, right? So that means engage if you've got family and loved ones, you know, when would you like to engage with them? Sometimes we don't have a choice. Sometimes they're <laughs> yeah. up and running before we yeah. are. Um, when would you like to step into your work? Um, and it, 
what I like to do is create for people this vision that you are in control of your time. Your time is super precious. I used to work for a radio station many, many, many years ago. <laughs> and I remember very clearly when I was learning how to do the job, my job was to assign uh, in the software where all the commercials came. Mm. And so one of the first things they taught me was time is the most precious commodity that we have because once a moment has elapsed, you'll never get it back again. Right. right. We can never go back to like an hour before. So it, it really brings into sharp relief this idea of we are all made up of moments. Your life is made up of moments. How do you want to spend the majority of those moments? Do you want to spend them freaking out about somebody else's priorities? Or do you want to cultivate because this is in your control your own way of going and moving through your day and that's what a lot of people don't realize is when we start our careers we're so busy trying to prove ourselves we're mm -hmm. so busy trying to show everybody like we've got the shiny credentials yeah. we want to get experience under our belt and then at some point usually you know sort of mid-career uh, also too when we've you know financially burdened ourselves with all kinds of lovely things like mortgages and <laughs> credit <laughs> yeah. card debt yeah. we're at a point where we're like this isn't really necessarily working for me anymore but I don't know how to get out mm. yeah I can't I can't just leave and go find another job I need to figure this out and it can be really heavy to carry both but there mm -hmm. are always always options and working with a career coach working with someone like myself can help you figure out where those options yeah. are but it comes back to that vulnerability of you can ask for help you're never ever alone yeah, that's so good. And that's so true. Like, I think sometimes people don't realize like, yes, I know, well, and I have a similar story, you know, where I was a teacher and I had four kids in daycare and I thought I can never change my career. Like I'm locked in this, like, what am I going to do? And yet I did have choices. I did have an option. And, you know, I was able to leave my career and to come home and be in control of my time. Um, like I have for 11 years now. And so to your point, like, you know, a lot of people, they are believing lies that they are locked into something, but ultimately they're not. And, you know, and even for me, as I look back, like I didn't have the luxury of having an awesome coach like you to help talk me through it. But I did, through just some other friends and my husband, come to that epiphany that, you know what, I can leave teaching. I, I don't have to do this. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I loved it, but at the same time, it was so stressful. It was so time-consuming, and it really impacted how I was as a mom to my kids because I gave the best part of my day to other people's children so that when I came home, I had nothing left for my own kids. And so, you know, just that, I think that's such a great point, Carlene, is that, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're, you know, in this burnout phase and a lot of it is because of your career or what you're doing and, and you feel like you just don't know if you can go on. I mean, I remember my last student would leave every day and I would shut that door and I would just break into tears, like just the whole day of just the stress of it. And I would just have this emotional meltdown. And that's when I knew like, okay, something's got to change. Like I just can't keep doing this. And so I love that you're just reminding people that we do have choices and we can be in control. So that's so good. All right. Well, I always love to give our speakers the last kind of just anything that's on your heart, maybe that's something that's come up, just parting words of advice for our listeners. And then also, Carlene, will you just tell them how they can get in touch with you? Maybe you're listening today going, you know what? 
Like I need someone, I need a coach. I need someone that can help me navigate the season of burnout that I'm in. How can people get in touch with you, Carlene, to, you know, um, get help with that? Um, so I would love final words. And then how can people get in touch with you? Final words. I think um, what I would like everyone to know is uh, career coaches, myself in particular, you don't have to have it sorted out. In fact, the hotter the mess to come in, the better it is. We're no one is expecting you to come in and figure out what your problem is and then share that so that it can be solved. There's again, a whole constellation of things that go into what's not working. And sometimes you can't know what they all are until you sit down and give yourself some time and using this assistance of someone who's coaching you can really help you walk through that in a safe way that doesn't feel overwhelming, that's not going to make the problem worse, and can help you figure out what your options are and how to move into those options in a way that doesn't put things that you really need to stay stable at risk. So many people, you know, the work's not working, oh yeah, I quit and then they find themselves in an even bigger mess. And that's not what career coaches work with you on. It's to figure out how can we make this work for you, but taking into account the reality of it. Um, And so, you know, yeah, we speak hot mess. I speak hot mess. So (laughs) give me a call. I'm happy to be in a hot mess with you. And there is no judgment. And the best coaches make it a safe space with zero judgment and a place where you can get that support and you should always at the end of a coaching conversation feel better than when you came into it. Yeah. That's what it should be able to do. That's at least the goal I have for every one of my clients. And so, yeah, if people want to get a hold of me, www.loveyourworkinglife.com. That's my mm-hmm. company name. There's lots of free that. resources up there. Um, but specifically, what I'll do is I'll, I'll make sure you have it for the notes for the podcast today is a assessment where you can go see whether or not you're at risk for burnout and it's the working life well-being assessment and it talks about those different aspects and allows you to for yourself assess whether or not you're at risk and if you want to you can provide your email and you'll get even more resources from that mm-hmm. point uh, but you can get your assessment results without an email address too yeah that's awesome well I love that you provide that and guys I hope you take advantage of that I know I want to take it as well and uh you know, just listening to you, I always just kind of think of uh, one of my mantras, and that is sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And, you know, I think just, you know, if you're in this season, um, slowing down, talking to someone, like you said, Carlene, um, you know, will help you hopefully speed up through that season of burnout that you might be in. So, Thank you so much for your generosity with the assessment and just the resources that you're providing. And just thank you so much for your time today. I know it's been extremely valuable for me. And uh, I hope all of you guys listening, you know, maybe even listen to this a couple of times. And of course, as always, as I remind you, please, if there's anyone that is on your heart as you are listening to Carlene and you're like, oh my gosh, like my neighbor, Debbie, she needs to hear this or my friend Sue at work or Bill or whoever, if there are people that you're like, man, they really need to hear this please share this link with them. Um, We want them to be connected to the Healthy You community. And uh, I do have a Facebook group as well. Uh, So um, please, you know, just uh, look up, look that up on Facebook. You can be a part of the Healthy You community. Um, I do a a monthly book club. uh, So where we all read a a wellness book um, and just, again, pour into taking ownership of our health. And uh, last but not least, just always want to remind you guys, I do have a website 
dawnfunk.com uh, where I've got some great resources on there. But um, just thank you again, Carlene. Really appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much for all of you that are listening today and go out there and have an awesome rest of the day. And uh, just so grateful to have you joining us. So take care, friends. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on the Healthy You Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your family and friends to help us help more people. And lastly, be sure to check out DawnFunk.com for additional tips and resources. Have an amazing rest of the day, friends.